show this is brian joined by brad as always and uh, welcome brad to an ugly game that you totally predicted how are you yeah i mean i don't usually i enjoy being right but today's not one of those days um my god that was awful i mean that was probably the worst game i've seen the panthers play since 2010 like it was that bad well, they scored 27 points. It couldn't have been. I know. Bad. That's what, if you just look at the box score, you'll just be like, oh, okay. We lost by five. It was competitive. No, it wasn't fucking competitive. We looked like dog shit. Yeah. Teddy, this was the game where I was like, all right, I'm done with Teddy Bridgewater. Like this was, this yeah. was my, this was my Teddy Bridgewater is trash game. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I am officially done with Teddy Bridgewater. I know back couple of weeks ago, month ago, however long ago, this, this whole year feels like a, an eternity. Um, I said he was my guy. Nah, nah, he's trash. Um, that was the worst quarterbacking performance from a non-rookie quarterback who's supposed to be good that I've, I've seen. It was awful. I don't know if I'd go that far. Cause I watched I've watched a lot of bad quarterbacking in my time, but um, no, I did I, claim I did clarify that with who is supposed to be good. Okay, that's fair. So that excuses guys like um, like Randy Sathani or Brian St. Pierre and all that all that nonsense. Um, I, yeah. I'm talking about guys that are supposed to be starter quality. Like I haven't seen a starting quarterback play that bad in a long time. At least for the Panthers, anyway. Yeah. 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 It was a really ugly game for Bridgewater, and that last drive was uh, was really what set what was really what like set it for me. On fourth and what was it eight? Yeah, it was fourth a three and yard eight. drag. Was it even three yards? Like, did it even travel three yards? Yeah, it's pretty close to th- between two and three yards. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I just. I wouldn't call that play on like second and one, much less fourth and eight with the game on the line. I think this was just the game where it really, it really like hammered the point home that Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy to press the ball down the field when you need him to. Yeah. He's the guy who will throw the drag route or the slant router. Really, any of the routes where like there's yak involved, yards after catch, and I just don't see him being a guy who can direct an offense and like truly lead it as much as being a game manager after this game. Like this game really, this game really uh, changed a lot of what I was of my thoughts about him because they really needed him to be more aggressive down the field, and they just weren't. And that last call. There, there were some people on Twitter who were coming back and being like, "Well, that wasn't he wasn't the one who called the play to throw the ball, to throw the drag drag routes to receivers." Yeah, but that is true. But at the same time, like he still threw the drag route. 
yeah, he's still called an audible, like audible out of it. Don't, you know, why would you call, why would Joe Brady say, Hey, it's fourth and eight. The game's on the line, throw a two yard drag route. Why would those words come out of an offensive coordinator's mouth? That just doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, even if it did, like, yeah, Teddy, Teddy's got enough veteran in him to be like, um, no, fuck you. I'm going to throw a 10 yard pass. But the thing no. about the dra- the thing about the drag route concept is that it does it can work. I mean, we saw Robbie Anderson take one to the house a couple weeks ago. Um, so it's not like that route concept doesn't work, but it it has to happen under the right circumstances and pre-snap a good veteran quarterback should be able to diagnose whether or not that concept is going to work based on the covers they're seeing like it's not it's not like a it's not like it's hard to read an nfl defense as far as being a quarterback goes like they they might disguise their coverage etc etc but for the most part you can you can diagnose kind of what they're doing based on the pre-snap uh reads so I don't know why that play was even called, and I don't know why Bridgewater even threw that pass after that. The first mistake they made was rushing to get a playoff before the two-minute warning on third down. Yes, that was a huge mistake. Made no sense. Like they could have, they could have run that fourth down play on third down, and then had a fourth and six or whatever it would have been, and had something else to do. So. I mean, it was just one mistake on top of the other. And I don't know what it is about Teddy, but it's like he he either throws the ball as soon as his foot touches the ground on his drop or he holds on to it for 20 minutes so the defense can get back and, and sack him. Like there's no in-between. He's like the two true outcomes of football. Like he's either going to take a sack or he's going to throw a check down every time and you can't you can't win games like that with a team built the way we are Uh, it's just not gonna work yeah that's a really obviously it's an indictment on Bridgewater himself because he takes a lot of sacks because of that and I think his pocket presence is actually good I think it's a real indictment on this offensive line and the fact that they haven't even re-signed Moten yet drives me fucking crazy because the offensive line right now is pacing to be even worse next year and it's like what the fuck like how are you like because Bridgewater's under contract next year as well most likely he will be the starting quarterback next year even if they draft a quarterback in the first round you know what kind of player Bridgewater is so I just don't get any of this like I don't get the offensive line is bad so that and Bridgewater is one of the, is just a game manager. So like, how can you expect this dude to win football games when his offensive line is so fucking shitty when it comes to pass protection? It's just, it's just unreal to me. Like, I don't know. I'm just pissed. Like I, I feel like the, the Panthers have been slacking on the offensive line for way too long and they've let a ton of good players go. And I feel like they're going to leave. They're going to let, Taylor Moten go as well, and we're just going to be sitting here next year with the same problems, even if the offense improves somewhat. Yeah. Um, this is semi-breaking news because it's like relative to this shit show that we just watched. Matt Rule is throwing people under the bus. Um, 
he told the media, I did not want to run a play before the two-minute warning, and we ran the ball. So I have to get that corrected. And then they asked him about the final play of the game, and he said, I would expect the ball to be thrown past the sticks. So, so in other words, he so in other words, he's throwing <laughs> Joey Joe Brady under the bus, or he's throwing, he's Teddy throwing Joe Brady bus. and Teddy Bridgewater under the bus. Yeah. Yikes! So that's a big yikes. Yeah, I mean, and I, on one hand, yeah, you're right, but on the other, you're the head coach. Yeah, Just ultimately, yeah, ultimately, that becomes that's still your fault. So, yeah, I mean, the sign of a good coach is when you lose. The first thing you say is, "We got out coached." If you look at all the good coaches, they always take the blame when they lose and give credit to the players when they win. That's the sign of a good coach. But here's one question I have. Ron Rivera really didn't ever throw Mike Shula under the bus when a bad play call happened that caused them to lose. That's because he they were buddies. He would just throw the players under the bus. I guess that's fair. Yeah, because um, the coaches could never make a mistake when Ron was here. But at the same time, like, isn't calling the play the, the coaches play calling bad not necessarily a bad thing no i don't think it is i mean i i agree with him i mean joe brady called a terrible play yeah uh, it's, it's it, both of those plays were terrible um but i just i don't know i also think the the, the whole like rushing to get a play call out before the two-minute warning was probably mostly Ted, teddy bridgewater's fault because he's yeah. the one directing the offense so yeah i think he just wanted to try and surprise the Broncos and catch them off guard. And it clearly did not work. No. Um, the offense as a whole really let the Panthers down this week. Like they, yeah. the fact that it sucks because like, even though they, sco- they allowed 32 points on defense, I don't feel like the defense played all that terrible aside from like maybe two plays. Well, I, I disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the special teams unit played like ass. Uh, the first play of the damn game was a punt return touchdown. Um, aside from that, the the defense, I mean, I guess comparatively speaking, like if, if you put it into the context of if we were playing Green Bay, then you could say, yeah, they did a pretty good job. But they made Drew Locke look like Drew Brees. And Drew Locke isn't very good. Uh, there were several wide open receivers on busted plays. Uh, I think at least three times. Um, I I don't have the stats in front of me. I don't know how well Philip Lindsay and Matt and uh, Melvin Gordon did, but they did look like they did a decent job at containing them. Um, but Melvin I just, Gordon ran 13 times for 68 yards with a 5.2 average, and Philip Lindsay ran 11 times for 24 yards and 2.2 average. So overall, yeah. 3.2 yards per carry. Not too yeah, bad. Not too bad. I mean, Melvin Gordon's good. So, yeah, uh, I just, and I, I know the secondary is bad and they got cooked several times. I mean, Rasul Douglas and um, Troy pride, they just had a bad day. <laughs> and, um, but I don't know. I just, I think Jeremy Chin played well, obviously. Um, defensive rookie of the year. Um, F.A. Obata had a nice play. He almost scored a touchdown. Agreed. I was rooting hard for that, too. I was like, I was kind of bummed that he didn't score. 
For context, Jeremy Chin led the team in tackles. He had a sack. He had a quarterback hit on top of that. So overall, I would say he was probably the best defensive player this week, which one thing that I really didn't enjoy was the last couple of drives. I saw Brian Burns dropping in pass coverage a lot, and I was like, why the fuck are you doing that? Yeah. Like, Brian Burns is your best pass rusher, and they're rushing three and letting Brian Burns drop in pass coverage. Like, granted, dude's athletic. He's very athletic. He could probably, I mean, like, I don't want to compare it. I don't want to make the comparison and, like, set it in stone, but, like, the dude's kind of like Julius Peppers. Like, you can kind of play him really all over the field at this point in his career, but why in the hell are you dropping him in pass coverage on, like, the last drive of the game where you need to make a stop? I just don't get that. To be fair, they did try blitzing earlier, and Drew Locke was just carving them up. So, I mean, I can kind of see why they would try something different, but I do agree with you in principle. Brian Burns should not drop back into coverage at all. Uh, He is your best pass rusher. (laughs) You know, I mean, let him rush the passer. That's what he does. I mean, yeah. I, I could see doing it occasionally, like to catch him off guard or something, but that should not be, he shouldn't do it more than twice a game. Yeah. Like, like to randomly throw it in there, is not a big deal, but like, yeah, I and saw if, it if it's like third times. and like third and, and more than 15, yeah, do it, but not, don't do it all the time. Yeah, I think the one that I saw was like it was definitely third and less than ten when they dropped him in coverage, and I was like, "Why are you doing this?" Like, yeah, it's he, it's he, it's like the equivalent of continuing to run the exact same play on Madden, right? Like, dude's good. He'll he definitely compares favorably to Julius Peppers in that regard, and that he can he can definitely cover people. Like, he's he could probably catch a quarterback off guard and like intercept the pass at some point. But he's not a coverage player. He's just not. He's a fucking rush. He's a fucking speed rushing linebacker. Yeah. Like get him on. Like let him do what he's supposed to do. For fuck's sake. Like. <laughs> um. But I mean, it's today was just kind of like it. It revealed a lot of the flaws with the Panthers to me. Um. Obviously, on offense, clearly Teddy Bridgewater is not the answer. Obviously, their offensive line is fucked right now. Um defensively they I feel like the Panthers are kind of over are kind of like performing over what where they should be on defense because like I I expect this defense to be absolute shit to begin yeah, the season I did too like yeah. and they're actually like somewhat competent but you also see that like their pass rush is not that great like Yudergos Matos for example he had a pretty good sack today but like him and Brian Burns are not the only are not going to put together a solid pass rush on their own. So like they need to build on that defense, whether it's building a little bit more in the secondary, obviously, you know, Derek Brown is going to develop a little bit. K1 shorts on IR, like, but overall this team has a lot of fucking holes and mm-hmm. this off season is going to be pivotal to establishing them as either a really good team or a team that needs to build more. Like I feel like one off season should make this team competitive. If they, if they handle it right. I mean, they've been competitive this entire season. Like they've lost, they've lost a fuck ton of games by one score with the roster they have. So it's like, okay, if you're able to draft and sign free agents properly, you should be able to insert yourself into the playoff picture next season. 
Yeah, I agree. I think, I think with one good draft class, we could be the quote unquote dangerous in the hunt team. And I mean, cause there's a lot of talent, it's young talent, but it's talent. And I, I do think hopefully um, that this is just a two year like project rather than a four year project. But I mean, we got to get a quarterback. Yep. And if we don't, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Teddy can win. Like Teddy, I think he can be a, vic- uh, a winning quarterback, but he needs to have like elite talent around him. And today really showed it because he had, he didn't even have, he didn't have DJ Moore, but he still had Robbie Anderson and he still had Curtis Samuel, but he also didn't have Christian McCaffrey and just kind of like really, really hammered the point home for me. Like he can be a winning quarterback, but you need a, a top tier offensive line and you need top tier weapons around him to win. Yeah. And- Teddy's the perfect backup quarterback for a team like the chiefs where all they need is a game manager because they have everything else or, or make like green Bay or Pittsburgh or one of these teams that are, are stacked and they have everything they need. Teddy is perfect for those kind of teams, but with a team that's young, like us, he's not. He's just not a good fit. I mean, and I know I don't want to really start the Cam Newton versus Teddy Bridgewater debate all over again. But we could have kept Cam for this year, paid him less money, still drafted a quarterback in the first round, and just had a rookie quarterback next year like we're probably going to have anyway. And nobody would be bitter. Nobody would hate this team. Nobody would think that, you know, they're trying to make something happen that shouldn't be happening. And we probably wouldn't be any better or worse. Like if Cam were here, I don't think we would be nine and four, but I also think we would be better, at least more competent on offense. And we would probably be instead of four and nine, we'd probably be like, you know, seven and seven, maybe. Uh, I, I don't know or, about that. You know, or what? Well, six and seven, not seven and seven. Cam, we, Cam we, hasn't Cam hasn't played well for the Patriots. I mean, granted, it's not really his fault because he's not. Well, that, well yeah, but he's playing with the Patriots, and his best wide receiver is um, Debo Samuel. Or I'm no. sorry, um, um, Demir <laughs> Bird, not Debo Samuel. Yeah. I'm getting my Gamecocks mixed up. Uh, his, his best, <laughs> yeah, you know, his best receiver is Demir Bird. So. It's not really Cam's fault. I think that if the Panthers take the next draft and if they really want to commit to Teddy Bridgewater, which honestly, like at this point, I don't know what quarterback they're going to get aside from maybe the, uh, what was it? The BSU. Zach Wilson from BYU. BYU. That's it. Zach Wilson. Like aside from maybe getting him, which to be honest, they may not even get him. Um, I feel like they're going to be st- – if they don't get a quarterback where they feel like he's the future, they need to spend the next draft on the offensive line. And yes. maybe they'll be successful. They also need to re-sign Curtis Samuel. Like, I know that I – I know that I, yeah. I, I turned heel on Curtis Samuel, but overall the dude has really impressed me over the last, like, four or five weeks. Like, he's a good player. Yeah, and- they need to re-sign Samuel. They need to re-sign Moten. They need to draft a left tackle. They need to draft a guard. Uh, they need a center because Matt Paradis, he ain't it. Um, 
He's actually not that bad this year. Uh, you can tell last year he was still recovering from the injury that he suffered two years ago. But, I mean, I, I agree with you. If we're not going to get a quarterback, just rebuild the offensive line. Yeah, if you can find a way to, like, maybe it's Greg Little, like maybe, like maybe you believe in Greg Little. I don't know if I do, but maybe as the GM, Marty Herney slash whoever might be the GM, because I don't know if he's going to retain his job, but if you believe in Greg Little, fine, but like find a left guard then and a right guard as well. Yeah. And re-sign Taylor Moten. If you, if you do that and you retain Curtis Samuel, you might have a pretty solid offense next year. Like clearly the problem today to, for me was the offensive line. Like they were able to run the ball pretty successfully, at least when they needed to anyway, but on passing downs, the whole reason why Bridgewater was checking down, which he shouldn't have done, by the way, I, I, I continue to stick to that. He shouldn't have been checking down, but the reason why he was checking down was because his offensive line fucking sucks. And yeah, if you if you don't get the quarterback that you want in the next draft, you need to rebuild the offensive line and get as much protection as around Teddy Bridgewater as possible. It's really not that far fetched to get there because like he already has a ton of fucking weapons. I mean, Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, DJ Moore when he's healthy, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, if you re-sign him, like, you know, like those offensive weapons are good, but you need to have a solid protection in front of them. If they do that, if they rebuild that offensive line and, te- and you decide to stick with Teddy Bridgewater for another year, I could see them making playoffs. Like, not. Yeah. Yeah. We, we definitely need at least two offensive linemen that are good. I mean, you can get by with having one weak link in your offensive line, but when you only have two good players on your offensive line, it's not good. I don't even and know if they have two, to be honest. Like John Miller's been pretty good. Uh, I guess, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll give you the the, the over or under on that. But pretty pretty good. Like the, he's easily replaceable, but he's been pretty good. Um, yeah. Moten has been good. The um, the rotation at left tackle has been questionable at times. I think Matt Paradis will be better when he's surrounded by two good guards. Yeah, yeah, we we need to get two good guards. Um, but I just I don't know if they should wait on taking a quarterback because this year's draft class is way better than 2022's oh, draft class. If Zach Wilson is sitting there, you fucking take him. You take him and sign a sign a an offensive lineman in free agency. Yes, like if one of the top three quarterbacks in this draft class is sitting there at like what pick number seven is probably the, the highest they'd be at this point. Yeah. Seven or eight is probably where we're going to be. Yeah. If one of those quarterbacks is sitting there, you fucking take them without hesitation because you know, Bridgewater is not going to be the guy who's going to carry the franchise to a super bowl. But my, my thinking on it is that if you're picking at seven or eight, there's going to be three teams that are going to move up that are going to have, needs at quarterback i mean like the jets are probably going to take a quarterback um jets and the jaguars both are going to take a quarterback yes and i could even see like uh not the giants but um maybe like washington like throwing their entire draft at moving up and uh getting a quarterback at like five let's say if they don't yeah if they they, actually, that, that's possible yeah yeah so like because that's that's a washington move that's a that's a rob what is it robert snyder is that their name 
Is that his name? Dan Snyder. Dan Snyder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's a Dan Snyder move. Like, throw your whole fucking franchise future at getting a quarterback. Like, I could see that. Where I don't, I don't think that Matt Rule slash David Tepper would allow that. And are obviously, I feel like Marty Harney at this point is just like he's just the GM for all intents and purposes of yeah, yeah. All right, like he, I'm looking. I'm looking at a draft order right now. This does not take into, uh, it does take into account our, our loss just now. Um, we're eighth. Yeah. Uh, we're above the Falcons who haven't played yet because they play in the, the late game. They're playing as we speak. Um, but we're picking ahead of Atlanta, the Giants, Denver, and Detroit. Uh, Denver probably won't take a quarterback because they have Drew Locke, but. Detroit and Atlanta will look will be looking towards the future because Matt Ryan and Matt Stafford aren't getting any um, any younger. Yeah. Um, but we we could see them um, possibly trading up. Washington is all the way down at nineteen, so they would have to jump a, a lot, but they could do that. Um, the Jets and the Jaguars are going to take quarterbacks. They're the top two. Um, Cincinnati's not going to take a quarterback because they just drafted Joe Burrow. The Chargers drafted Justin Herbert. Uh, the Eagles have to pay Carson Wentz um, the gross revenue of the city of Philadelphia. They could and, theoretically they could theoretically take a quarterback, but that would be a horrible allocation of resources. Yeah, and they have Jalen Hurts, so I think they believe yeah. in Jalen Hurts. So yeah, it would be a a terrible decision, but I wouldn't put it past Philadelphia. Dallas is probably not going to draft a quarterback because they'll probably just give Dak whatever he wants. Um, I don't know about that. I, good, it, it's possible they could. I mean, that's it's a, that's a good question for our for our next podcast. I think that's that's something we should discuss during the uh, yeah what would the NFL segment. Yeah. yeah, because Miami, I feel like, I feel like they won't. But anyway. yeah. Miami picks seventh. They have Houston's pick, so they pick seventh. They're not going to draft anybody because they have Tua and then us. So, really, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are out because that's the Jets and the Jaguars are getting both of them. The only two teams we really have to worry about are the Eagles and the Cowboys taking Zach Wilson. Yeah, and I think the Dolphins would be a team that would definitely take that trade as well because they've they've been really oh, yeah. Savvy you could about you trade. could easily convince Miami to trade down. Yeah, like they they've been very savvy about trades over the last few few years. Like it's a really big uh, endorsement of their front office, but they've been very 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 smart about trading. I mean, if Atlanta top. or Detroit wanted to swap picks with Miami, and Miami would drop from seven to nine or seven to twelve easily, like it wouldn't take much to sweeten right. that pot. So, yeah, we might have to trade up, in which we absolutely should not do. Yeah, this team is not is not built enough to trade. Like you could, you like. Part of it is that you need to get a you need to get a quarterback who can win a Super Bowl. Like ultimately, yeah. that's the goal with the draft. But this team is not talented enough to trade draft capital and trade up to get that quarterback because he's just going to get killed. Patrick Mahomes couldn't win a Super Bowl with us right now. No, he gets sacked all the time. <laughs> like that 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 chief's offensive line is highly underrated like they are very good i think i think mitchell Schwartz is one of the is one of the 
right tackles for them. He's and he's one of the top right tackles in the NFL, and their left tackle is very good as well. Like that was just the perfect storm of ingredients as far as the offensive line goes. So, meanwhile, we're sitting here thinking we might might be able to retain Taylor Moten, but who knows? I mean, we got to re-sign him. We got to re-sign Curtis Samuel. We got to re-sign Tahir Whitehead. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, we got we got to give Tahir Whitehead that Luke Keekley contract. Yeah. <laughs> man, oh, man. I, I, we haven't even speaking of to hear whitehead when jermaine carter come on man you make a hell of a play to light up melvin gordon on first and goal or third and goal or whatever it was and you blow his ass up and then you taunt him by flexing on top of him and giving up a first and goal, and then they score on the very next play. I mean, you Fuck can't you, do that. You can't do that kind of shit. And the only reason I wasn't calling publicly for them to take him out of the game for the rest of the day is because that would have meant to hear Whitehead would have had to go in. Yeah. So, Fuck I it, mean, dude. Fuck yeah. it, dude. I. I he like blew his ass up though. That was a great play. <laughs> it was, yeah. I I love I love defensive swagger, and I think that's something that unfortunately Jeremy Chin hasn't really like brought to this team yet because he's just like, you know, he's a young guy. He's a young player. Like he's a playmaker. He's a fucking superstar to me. Like I think Jeremy Chin at this point is like the Cam Chancellor for the Panthers defense. But the dude just doesn't have the swagger. So, like, those kind yeah. of plays, like, I do smile when that happens because you need those kind of guys. But it yeah. also has to happen at the right time. Like, yeah, Jeremy Chin is kind of like the Luke Keekley. He's just there. He just makes plays. He just goes to work. He just he goes to got, work and makes plays and goes home. He's got his lunch in a little uh, in a little lunchbox. He just sits yeah. down on the sideline and eats his <laughs> eats his quarter cut sandwich and eats his peanut doesn't butter say and jelly a word sandwich. To yeah. yep. <laughs> doesn't say a word to anybody else. Just you yep. know, he goes in, he goes out, he clocks in, he clocks out. You know, nobody really knows about his personal life. He's just he's just oh, that's Jeremy Chin. Hey, what's up, man? Good work yeah. today. <laughs> that's Jeremy Chin for you. So. I think that retaining Dante Jackson should be a priority over the offseason. I know he's been out. I know that he's been hurt, but he's actually played pretty well for a guy who's dealing with turf toe. He sure has. And that think- shit's serious. I know people always make fun of it, but it just sounds ridiculous. But turf toe is pretty serious. Especially for a defensive back. I mean, yeah, like especially every- for a guy who relies on his speed. A defensive back pretty much backpedals every st- every single time the ball is snapped. Yeah. And for those of you who haven't played football, backpedaling requires your toes. You have yeah. to be on your toes. So yeah, it puts the most pressure on your toe. And yeah. So for a defensive back like him, be having turf toe is a major problem. So yeah. I think that I think that Retaining him should be priority. Obviously, like I said, Taylor Moten should be a priority. Curtis Samuel should be priority. I think that Dante Jackson delivers that edge that I was talking about earlier as far as like some swagger to the defense. Mm-hmm. The problem is this year he hasn't been on the field that much, but yeah. um like if he's healthy and you have Jeremy Chin, I think you have your I think you have two of your four secondary spots settled. And yeah, I agree. 
you know, maybe the guy you drafted this year in the fifth round. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. Kenny um, Robinson. Yeah. Maybe he's an answer at safety. Um, who's the other guy we drafted at corner? Um, Troy Pride. Yeah, Troy Pride. Like, maybe they're the answer, but you really, if you can find a solid CB2 or even a CB1 and let Dante Jackson be the CB2, like, your secondary can be fixed real quick. So, but Don, I feel like Dante Jackson is pivotal because he's like the Josh Norman effect he's the he's the swagger guy i want i want that guy on my defense so yeah i don't know there's a lot of work to be done but at the same time like there are promising signs of a good defense like they've been a lot as we said earlier a lot more solid than we would have expected so fix the offensive line fix the secondary which again the secondary may not require too many moves to actually fix it and I mean, honestly, I think the secondary just needs to keep playing and getting roasted every week to learn on the job. Cause I think there's talent there. Yeah. Like we've already said, I mean, Troy pride is going to be good. Dante Jackson is good. He's just hurt. Uh, Jeremy Chin is a great linebacker safety hybrid. Trey Boston is Trey Boston. He's a good free safety. If the rest of your secondary is good. Um, so I mean, Rasul Douglas has been good. So, I mean, we have good players. They just need to learn and have experience. They're just all young. Yeah. So, I mean, I do agree with you, though, that we do need one um, starting caliber corner. And I hate it, um, but we probably should have kept James Bradbury uh, because I think we would be much better in the secondary if we did. Uh, fuck it, dude. um yeah he should have been been re-signed before last season oh absolutely um teddy bridgewater told the media that he was trying not to take a sack and felt like it was a better decision to just throw it to curtis samuel and let curtis samuel try to pick up a first down i understand that logic. i I can understand that logic but but yeah yeah i mean it is curtis samuel it is curtis samuel yeah and it was it was fourth down though, not third down. See, that was the mistake. Yeah. Offensive line, man. That's that's where I'm at right now. They need to fix that offensive line. We've been saying it for fucking years, and now it's like now it's really bad. Like I feel like Byron Bell and Nate Chandler are probably better prospects right now as far as the yeah. offensive line than what we have going right now anyway. Like that offensive line in 2014, like it wasn't good, but I feel like it's better than this one. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's going to require a lot of work because I feel like a guy like Matt Rule is going to try to sign those guys, and so you got to really do some due diligence because obviously Matt Paradis wasn't a Matt Rule signing, Taylor Moten wasn't a Matt Rule drafting, and the rest of these guys are all just you know here for a year maybe. So. It's going to require some work, but it's a process. It sure is. Trust the process. Trust I guess. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you got anything else you want to discuss with the, no, I think I'm done talking about this dog shit team. They sure are dog shit. They sure oh, are. Yeah. Well, 
And it's going to be, oh my God, we play Green Bay in Green Bay on Saturday night. It's going to be a bloodbath. I'm just happy that it's on Saturday because I am so fucking glad it's on Saturday night. So I can just have all day Sunday to just get over it and do whatever I want. I mean, I, you know, we have three more games left and then it'll be over. Yep. And then we can talk about the draft. And then we can talk about the draft for six months. Yep. Everybody loves talking about the draft, but yeah, I'm excited because Sunday is my bum day. So like, this is the most, this is the most I do with my Sunday aside from, you know, changing the filters on my air filter. Yeah. You know, (laughs) um, so I'm excited to have a, a Sunday to myself and not have to worry about football, but Hey, I mean, it should be fun. I mean, the Panthers have been competitive in almost every game they've played, so I'm sure they'll be competitive and fall just short, just as par for the course for this year. So yep. thanks for tuning in to the BNB Reaction Show. This is Brian and Brad. We'll be with you next week. I don't know if it'll be Saturday or Sunday. I guess we'll figure that out as we go. But it we'll also on how the game goes. <laughs> yeah, if this is a pressing game, we might we might record it on Sunday. To be honest, yeah. but it also um, depends on how quickly the game goes. Also true. Yeah, that could yeah, that like could go late. Those, like late, late. I, I don't know if we'll do it, but yeah. So we yeah, may or may play not. A game, be with you. We'll play a game. We'll react. Um, don't worry, Internet. You you will get our opinions. But we will have the Keep Sounding podcast for you as well this week to discuss John's thoughts on this game, which will probably be brief because, you know, this game sucked as a Panthers yeah. fan. Um, and we'll talk. We'll make fun of the NFL and we'll have some fun and we'll talk about how the Packers are going to beat the shit out of the Panthers or beat the shit out of the Panthers. So anyway, stay safe, stay healthy. Stay tuned. We'll be we'll be right here with you. Later, guys.